Is anybody saved this evening on their way to heaven? Been delivered, been set free by the blood of the Lamb. We have a reason to rejoice, amen. He still is our protector. He still is everything that we have need of tonight. Well, welcome to the house of the Lord on this Sunday evening. What a joy it is to be able to be in the house of the Lord. I've traveled a lot of miles to get here today. Didn't know if we'd make it tonight, but we're so thankful that we did because we've been anticipating and excited about this particular service. It's, uh, it's good to be home. And uh, so, but what a, what a time we find ourselves in. Amen. Is anybody excited? You all don't act like it. You're not convincing me. I've been with some people that's pretty excited and they make you look kind of weak this evening. I'm sorry, but we have a reason to be excited because we are on the winning side tonight and If you've read the back of the book, you know how this thing ends. And uh, just in case you haven't read it, let me just simply tell you this. We win. Amen. And we're not going to go out of here limping. We're not going to go out of here just barely making it. But we're going out of here with glory. And I'm thankful for it tonight. Amen. So, but uh, wow, it's been a blur of a day. It's been a blur of several days, but uh, man, I am excited about being home today and telling you, I'm so thankful for the service that you had this morning, and, uh, but today, uh, I can tell you that this is not just an ordinary season, but we are in a very unique time, and it's a time where we must be very sensitive, and this is not a season of hype, this is not a season of emotion, even though there will be emotions in it. But this, that's not what this is about in this season. I, I think we must rewind just a moment in order for us to really understand the season in which we find ourselves in. And then we're going to bring Sister Brandy to deliver what the Lord has laid on her heart tonight. But we are finding and we are experiencing in an open manner a display of good and evil. A kingdom of righteousness and a kingdom of darkness. And we find that... Even Paul writes to the church and he says, there will be a time that God will continue to knock on your heart and knock on your door. But when you refuse so many times, I will turn you over to your own devices. And I have to tell you tonight that when he allows that to take place, there is a season of blindness that comes. And we have been experiencing and witnessing Men and women in spiritual leadership operate in a spirit of blindness because of the simple fact that they refuse to allow and accept the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in their life, in their ministries, as well as in their nation. And we have experienced some great hardship and, uh, in the spiritual realm because of it. But what I've come to realize in the last few days, I believe what, we're get, what we have began to see is that there is a arrival of an Ananias anointing. And I, I want us to understand that, and I'll mention this just because I think it's a good starting point, because it was just about a month ago that we watched a young man 
full of life, full of health, fall in front of the world and die in a place where they said God was not welcome. But I'm so thankful that God's authority trumps what man says. And because of that, an organization and many individuals that pushed and pushed and pushed now will experience and probably have in the last few moments experienced on both sides of the field tonight quarterbacks that took a knee not in objection to a flag but in honor of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can I tell you, then we find if you fast forward to this past weekend and you thought, okay, the enemy's going to try to maneuver and counter this movement of prayer that's been sweeping that the church don't talk about, but the world surely is. And we find that then we see that we find an award show where satanic presence tries to dominate the airways. But then all of a sudden, the Lord says, I think I'll just make another visit. To a college in Cleveland and I'll make another visit to a college called Asbury and he says I'll let the world begin to not just hear something for 30 minutes but I'll let them hear something all over social media for the last uh, five days where people are going crazy can I tell you we're in a we're in a fight of righteousness and evil you say why is that important is because can I tell you that and it may not ring too much on the folks on this side of the world, but I, I, it was just two years ago that I found myself walking uh, in Turkey. And I was walking, smothered by the Muslim influence and trying to be a tourist of the day and going down dark alleys and worlds at night to the underground church in Turkey. And I seen and I witnessed what God was doing there. And as they continued, the leadership of that nation begins to shake its fist in the face of God and says, we will defy you, can I tell you? And this is near and dear to my heart because in 1918, there was 1.5 million Armenians that would experience genocide just simply because they was Christians. But if you saw the earthquake that took place uh, just uh, 48 hours, 72 hours ago there, and you would compare a map of every place the genocide took place in 1918 is the exact same place that the earthquake shook and brought judgment to a group of people. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust. Yes, there is innocence that is lost. And our heart is heavy for the 30,000 innocent lives that was lost. Uh, but God is telling a world uh, that I am still all power, all authority, and I never forget... And one of the greatest things you'll ever read in your Bible is this, and God remembered. And can I tell you, while the world says it's over, and while the church leadership says, well, maybe it should be this and maybe it should be that, God simply says there's still a remnant that I have never forgotten, and I still remember them in 2023. And I stand here to tell you today that I believe that even though there has been a blindness that has been permitted there is a removal of blindness coming and there is a Saul getting ready to be turned into a Paul and there's a nation that's getting ready to experience an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. And can I tell you, I'm excited if you haven't noticed. 
You say, why are you excited? Is because, can I tell you, I didn't have to have chandeliers this week. I didn't have to have padded pews. I didn't have to have air conditioning. But I stood in dirt floors. Uh, I had chickens. Listen, this is no lie. I was walking in a building to pray for a lady, and, some, and her little granddaughter was trying to catch a chicken, and it was running because that was going to be dinner. True story. Can I tell you? But yet the presence of God was in the room. I was in a little room that you couldn't fit five of us in, but the, the, the pastor's wife was there and said, I teach 30 kids here every Sunday morning. And she's got her little star chart on there and, and all of these things. And, and God is moving. I was in a place in June of this past year, and I walked into this little bitty cement church, and there was two old women said, what's going on since COVID? Nothing's going on. We just come here, we sweep the building, and we pray. Sunday, there was over 50 people in that little building. Can I tell you, God is doing and moving. We stood in front of 400 children, 400 high school children this week at a school assembly and shared Jesus with them. The list goes on and on. And if you didn't know it, and then you won't be noticing. Nobody will ever hear my name again after this trip because it's not going to be, hey, that's Pastor Ron. It's going to simply be, hey, that's uh, Sister Debbie's husband, Ron, because we, we broke her out of her shell. And, and uh, Debbie went, we went to the maximum security prison, and they didn't think I was being serious, but we went to prison. And then they said, well, if we're going, we're going to divide you up. So Debbie, Debbie went and preached, or I'll call it preached. She says, I spoke. But she spoke to the women in the prison, and God began to move, and women began to weep and cry because of the power and the anointing of God. I was in the presence of those that had murdered. No hope there for life, but before I left, they were singing, Victory is mine. Get behind me, Satan. Victory is mine. Can I tell you, God is touching hearts and lives in every scope. But the question is, will we allow him to move in our presence even here tonight? Let me say this this evening as Brandy comes. Let me give you the words of William Booth tonight. He says, I'm not waiting on a move of God. I am a move of God. Every one of you in this room can be if you desire to be a move of God. So can we make Sister Brandy welcome tonight as she comes? Wow. What a morning we had this morning. It's amazing. And Jay just kept preaching and preaching and preaching on everything that God had already given me. I said, I'm just going home and I'm not coming back tonight. <laughs> And then Ronnie gets up here and he says things too that was also in the things that the Lord had given me. And my family just kept saying, it's just, it's the Lord. You know, he's just telling you that what you said or what he gave you is, is right on target. And mine's a little different tonight. So I'm a supervisor for customer service. And, you know, sometimes people always don't learn the same way. People learn differently. And sometimes you have to tell a story or sometimes you have to make it different in order for people to understand exactly what you're trying to say or where you're trying to go with what you're going to say. So um, 
So I just, I just thank the Lord. Um, I thank the Lord that for this service this morning and, um, my family went home and Elijah was just fired up. I mean, he just was, Jason put on some worship music and Elijah's just walking the floor and he's just raising his hands and, you know, and so I'm just so thankful for that. And so, uh, Elijah, you want to come up and testify real quick? I, we felt like he was supposed to do it this morning and he said, how his dad said, Elijah, he said, did the Lord tell you to testify this morning and you didn't do it? And Elijah said, how'd you know, Dad? And so I'm so proud of him. Yeah. Um, this morning's service was just, it was awesome. As soon as we got here, I heard the music going. I was like, they already start? I was like, we're not late, are we? And Dad's like, no, they're already worshiping. And then when you got in here, the atmosphere was so strong, you could feel the presence of God. And for so long... This past year, I've been really struggling and battling, and I just lay at my bed at night. I would look up at the ceiling. I would just pray, and I would just thank God, will it ever get better? And Jade was preaching this morning. He hit it right on in my life and everything that was going on. And I've just been battling and fighting, and the enemy told me that I wouldn't make it. I'd never be able to do this. I'd never be able to speak again. He told me I'd never feel the same anointing that I felt before. And I just I started to believe the lie. And I got so just caught up in it, and I wasn't living like I should for Jesus, and I wasn't seeking him like I should. I was looking the other way and just thinking, I'll just go to school, and I'll live my life, and it'll be okay. But I wasn't okay. I was, I was dying. I wasn't, I wasn't living like I should be. I hadn't had joy. I haven't had my freedom like I used to. And I just looked there, and I said, God, I need that back. It's been so long since I had it, Jesus. I can't walk another day without you. And this morning, I walked to this altar, and I was just going to lay it all down, and I did. I had joy I haven't felt in a long time today. I've, I've had joy like I haven't felt in a long time. You know, when COVID first happened, what I would do, I would go out in the woods. And I would spend time with Jesus all day long. I wouldn't go to bed until I felt like God was done with me. I would just go out in my woods. I would go outside at night, and I would just praise God. And I felt like I had gotten so far from that place because I got caught up back with sports, and I was going to do this, and I was just going to do that. I told God, if I never see the football field again, it'll be okay because I have you, Jesus. If I don't have all these things and I don't, I don't become some big, I don't know, like anything, or like in school, if I don't go to this big college, then it'll be okay, as long as I do the work and will of God, because that's all that's going to matter for my life, because I can't see my friends die and go to hell, those kids under me, my friends, they're now drug addicts, they're hooked on drugs, like how is, how is that even possible? that these kids are hooked on drugs and they're on this alcohol and they're watching pornography and there's lust and there's all these things of the world and I don't want to see that happen to my friends so I'm going to stand here today and declare that that's not going to happen to them I will live for Jesus the rest of my life and I'm going to make sure I see my friends saved I'm not going back to how it used to be God came to the drug addict he came to heal the lost he came to set the sinner free that's who it is I'm just thankful tonight for who he is Glory. Well, I should just have him on go ahead and preach, shouldn't I? <laughs> so we'll just get right into the word. I, my scripture is just very simple. I'm a simple person, and it's actually just 
Matthew 24, 13. He said, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And when God gave me this, I went home last uh, Sunday night and I wrote this like in an hour and a half. And when God gave it to me, I'm like, Lord, is there any going to be anybody even in there that's not saved? Because salvation right now is so heavy on my heart because we're just, we're living in such a, a, a different world. And when you go into the church house, like we talked about this morning and, and Kelly testified about, you know, just getting ourselves cleaned up. And, and that's what I, I've been wondering too, Lord, because I want to see the lost come in. I want to see the drug addicts. I want to see the alcoholics. I want to see those that are hooked on pornography and all that, because that's where some of us were at one time. And now we're sitting in here. And so now that when we get help, now we can go out there and help a generation that needs us. And so, I just want to, my, the title of my message actually, so if it's all wrong, you football people, then just forgive me because Jesus gave this to me. And so you can get mad at him. If he told me the wrong stuff about third, fourth quarters, first downs, third downs, I have no idea. So Elijah said, mom, you should have ran that across me first before you ever got up there and did that. <laughs> but it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl game. And there's three minutes left on the clock. You're down 14 to 20. The other team has punted the ball and the punt returner made it to the opposing team's 40 yard line. You have five offensive linemen. Their job is to help protect the quarterback at all costs from either getting sacked or for worse, fumbling the ball. Everyone needs a team to protect them. And everyone needs a team to help them to get to the finish line. This is your team tonight. The person sitting to the left and to the right of you, they're your team. Get to know them. Get to know the people that, and I'm just as bad. I pray God helps me to get out of my comfort zone, to talk to each and every one of you, to get to know who you are, because I want to be on your team. I want to pray for you. When you're down and out, I want to pray for you. I don't want to just stay in my own little world, in my own little cubbyhole and not learn who your kids are. Learn their names. Maybe you have lost kids. I want to know their names so that I can pray for them. And, the, and, every, and to help get them to the finish line. And I already said that, sorry. And Galatians 6.2 says, we are here to bear one another's burdens. No one is meant to walk through this life alone. Amen. Amen. And so now your team is on the 50-yard line. They are halfway to victory. We've heard the word victory a lot today. They are exhausted, they are sweaty, and they are aggravated they, that they have let this game get so close, and now they have to work harder to get to the end zone. Isn't that just like how life is? We sometimes, in our Christian walk, it seems like for a period of time, we are on fire, we're walking in authority, we've got the power, we're reading our Bible, we're praying, and then all of a sudden, here comes the enemy, and, and we are like, you know what, I ain't got time for you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and then you move on, and then all of a sudden, there comes a trial, and in that trial, you go, you, you get weak, and then you, you, the, the devil, he you know, just get you so weak and so tired. And then you forget the words that even scriptures, because he numbs your mouth, he numbs your mind. And 
you know, you even like to even fight the enemy with, you know, uh, like Peter 12, 13, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So it means that when you go through that, uh, when you go through that trial, God is there ready to bring you out of it. No matter what it takes, he's going to bring you out. And, um, and you must know how tired and exhausted linemen must get, especially in a close game. They have to work hard to make sure their quarterback is protected. You are those linemen. I get it. You're tired and you're exhausted. If it's not the car breaking down, it's the washing machine. If it's not the kids pulling you every, in every direction, it's your job. If it's not the electric bill, it's the total on your grocery bill to feed your family. Some days you feel like you're not going to make it. Some days you can hardly get out of bed. Some days you feel like you can't breathe. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. And here we are working and striving to our expected end, just like that team was working and striving to get to their end zone. The quarterback has the weight of 46 men looking to him to bring them to their end, to their promise, to their victory. He is anxious. His palms are sweaty. He's trying to get them dry so he can throw the football accurately. He doesn't know if he can do it. But in the midst of all of the thoughts running through his head, he hears the voice of his six foot three, 320 pound left tackle. The left tackle's job is to protect the quarterback's blind side. Tell the person to the right of you, I'm here to protect your blind side. Amen. That when the trial comes out of nowhere because you couldn't see it coming because it was in your blind spot, you have a team that's going to fight hell to protect you. That left tackle looks to his quarterback in the eyes and says, you've got this and I've got you. I look at you tonight and I say, you've got this and I've got you. And Jesus has you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's all the quarterback needs to hear to give him the confidence that he can do this, that his team has his back. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got your back. So when you're lonely, when you're afraid, when you're mentally and you're physically exhausted, we have your back. But not only do we have your back, but there is one who sits at the right hand of the Father. That when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, were terrified and cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, for it is I. Do not, do not be afraid. The quarterback was afraid, but now that he knows his team has his back, his fears have subsided. And he has just thrown the ultimate pass to get his team 10 yards from victory with minutes minutes left in the game. Now that's all between, he's got 46 men standing on the side watching him. Or is he going to bring us a championship? Some of us are one minute away from a decision that will either bring us life or bring us death. When my stepbrother was 18 years old, he decided to outrun cops on a motorcycle. The cops chased him from Roberts Park out um, Penville Road. He wasn't thinking about what was up ahead. He was thinking about the moment that he was in. And at 80 miles per hour from the Connorsville Park to the bad curve up ahead, he probably approximately had about three minutes to make a decision that would be different 
the difference between in a normal life or a life of physical or mental struggles. He could have stopped running from the cop. He could have chosen that. He could have just been arrested and done his time. But in that three-minute decision, he made the choice to keep going down the curve, towards the curve, where he would lose control, his body would go flying in the air, and his head would hit a pole. A three-minute decision that cost him everything. A normal life that he could have been given. Three minutes. Three minutes. He was, he was like your boys. Kelly, he was like your boys. He was fine. He was normal. But instead, he chose a life of drug addiction. And instead, that led him down a road to where he couldn't speak. He had a trach. Didn't know if he was going to live or die. Approximately three minutes. He's not the same today. He'll never have a family. He'll never have children. Three-minute decision. Romans 6.23 says, it begins with, for the wages of sin is death. My husband had a life of drug addiction and alcoholism as a teenager. He doesn't like to talk about it because that's his old life. And my boys will say, Dad, you need to talk about it. There's kids out there that need to hear what your story is. And when he was around 19 years old, he was put in jail. And his parents left him there. Because you know why? They had had enough. And they knew at one point he was going to come to a crossroads. And death would be calling his name. And they didn't want that to happen. So they left him in there for 30 days to sit and to think. 30 days for Pastor Tom Marshall to come in and to visit him. Derek's ministry is important. It's very important. Very important. And I praise God for what Derek is doing in this community. It does not go unnoticed. It does not go unnoticed. Does not go unnoticed. And for 30 days, he sat in that jail cell. And for 30 days, Tom Marshall came in and seen him. But how many of us knows that the devil isn't going to let you go without a fight? So on the day he was released, his old partying buddies threw him a party. He went to that party. He even walked through the door. He probably had about three minutes to make a decision that would lead him either down a life of destruction or three minutes that would eventually lead him to three beautiful children who love and follow Jesus. Two different people, two different outcomes, all because of an approximately three-minute decision. It has taken the quarterback three plays with one minute left to try to get the ball into the end zone. It is now the fourth down. No timeouts and one minute left in the game. He knows his team has his back. The offensive coordinator signals the last call. The whistle is blown. Signals the last call. How do we know tonight it's not our last call? How do we know tonight we are not promised tomorrow? We are not promised tomorrow. I want to be prayed up and ready to go up. Hallelujah. He throws his team. He knows his team has his back. And so 
The whistle's blown and there's the open he needs by his offensive lineman and his six foot three, 320 pound left tackle who's got his back. His men, this team are watching from the sidelines. He releases the ball and with all of that, the fears of his future, of not winning the game, of not being enough, go with that ball into the hands of the receiver into the end zone. 46 men erupt with yells and some even with tears, all because within minutes the right decision was made and a team who had each other's backs get to go home with a championship. Tonight, Jesus has your back. Don't wait another three minutes to get to this altar. Don't give your life, you need to give your life to him. Don't wait another three minutes to go by to get rid of the alcohol, the pornography, the anxiety, the depression. Don't wait three minutes to lay down whatever it is that's separating you from Jesus. Jesus don't always knock at your door, as Ronnie said tonight. Second Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Fight till you get to Jesus. Fight till the end. Fight, fight, fight is what I've heard today. And I was thinking about and I knew that's what I knew is TJ. And I was thinking about TJ today. And I was thinking about if you all noticed how nervous TJ was today. He wanted to say what he had been struggling with all of these years. He wanted to get it out. And he's like, Lord. And I could tell that he was sitting there and he was like, but Lord, they're going to judge me. Lord, they're going to think, oh my gosh, what, what a boy is this? What, you know, TJ did this. It took courage to say what TJ said today. It took courage, TJ, to say what you did. Don't you let the enemy come in and fight you. Don't you do it. Because there are more people that you know of that are fighting with lust and fighting with pornography in the world that we're living in today where they can just get on their phone and do it. And if TJ doesn't open his mouth, then how is your boy or your girl going to get help? And that's what TJ was saying today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mine's, mine wasn't very long tonight. It's been a struggle, I'll admit. It has been a struggle this week. Scared to death to get up here. Because I've just, you know, I've, I tell everybody, maybe I shouldn't. Some people are like, oh, you probably shouldn't say that or whatever. But I've been fighting anxiety, you know, lately bad. And, you know, I go, I fought it last night. You know, here I stayed up till 1.30 trying to work on my message again. And I went to my bed and here comes that old devil again. You know, whispering in my ear. You're not, you know, you're up. Oh, this is the night. This is the night. It's all going to be over. This is the night that it's done. And I said, well, then so be it. So be it because God, I'm not going anywhere and I'll stand right here. And if you take me out tonight, then take me out because that's what's going to happen. I'm not giving into this thing. I will fight it with everything that I have within me. I will fight it like, like I have told you guys to fight. We have to fight. I have to fight and win so that you can fight and win. I have to fight. I feel like tonight, I know the atmosphere is calm right now, but I feel like tonight that Jesus wants to break the chains off of your life. I feel like it's enough. Aren't you like tired? Kirsten, aren't you tired? Like tired of it, tired of the fight. Terry, aren't you tired? I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of it. And if, I mean, if Jesus just would come into our atmosphere right now, we made the way this morning. We opened up the door and welcomed him in to break the chains off of our lives. Jeremy, you came to me today. I don't know what God's doing in you, but I can see it. 
I can see it. I have seen it for the last couple of weeks. There's a change in you. God's working in you. He's talking to you. He's stirring up something that you thought was dead. God's going to bring it back and it's going to live again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Dead things are going to live again in the name of Jesus. God doesn't want us to be dead. He wants us to be alive and well. Alive and well so that we can go out and tell this world about his kingdom. He's coming. How many have seen on Facebook and everywhere else, he's coming. That's all I'm seeing lately is he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The Lord is coming back. And he's not coming back for no dead church. He's coming back for a church that is alive and well. We've got to get well this morning. We've got to put the enemy under our feet. We have got to get the chains broken off of our lives. You probably haven't went through something, maybe a little bit that I haven't been through. We've all been through something. We all are going through something. But God is those. He's faithful to those that diligently seek him. He loves the backslider, loves the backslider. That's why Derek can go out and do what he does because he loves the backslider. That's why Sharon Cranfield can do what she does because he loves the backslider. I'm thankful for Sharon's ministry. Hallelujah. Not everybody's called to do what Sharon and Derek does. And Ronnie's passionate about missions. Not everybody's called to be passionate, you know, to do what Ronnie does. But God puts it in each and every person's heart. Not everybody's called to be up on the pulpit. I don't even know if I'm called. I'm just up here. <laughs> Seriously, I just love the Lord. I just love Jesus. I've loved him since I was 10 years old, and I still love him today. He's never done me nothing but good. He's never turned his back on me. I may have turned my back on him for a time, but he's never turned his back on me. He's been there for me at the midnight hour. He's my best friend. He sticks closer to me than a brother. He sticks closer to me than a sister. And when my mom doesn't answer her phone because she doesn't know how, he sticks closer to me than my mother. I love the Lord. I'm thankful for Jesus. Laughter is good. Laughter is good. We get so uptight sometimes. We need to laugh. We need to hug each other. We need to love each other. I know God would keep us separated. He would keep us confined. If he had me, I would be at home and I would be just in my little house and I would do nothing for him because I'm that backward, believe it or not. I'm that shy. But when God gets a hold of you, he'll put you where he wants you to be. It won't matter what you think or what you want to do. But God loves you tonight. And if you're backslidden in here, if you don't know Jesus, God has a purpose for you. He loves you. He wants to see you prosper. He wants to see you be in good health. He wants to see your life mean something for his kingdom. He loves you tonight. He loves you tonight. He loves you young people tonight. I'm so thankful for them. I think about Maddie and the time that she stood up here and she preached that word. And Monica's Maddie was, was texting Monica and she was saying, did you see Maddie Mullins on, on that live stream and what she said? Don't let it burn out, Maddie. Keep it alive. Keep it alive. You don't know who you're reaching. You don't know who's out there that you're, not, that you're talking to. Keep it alive. A church alive is worth the drive. Isn't that what they say all the time? But I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to stand here and, and that Ronnie asked me and, 
And if Sarah and them will come to the music tonight, do you have that song or did you practice it or? Okay. But I just feel like that um, I know it's kind of quiet and it's kind of, you know, just the atmosphere is a little quiet, but they're going to, I feel like that God wants to break the chains. And if that means that you've got anxiety, if that means you've got depression, if that means you've got loneliness, if that means that you're down and you're sad, God wants to be here for you. If you're a drug addict, if you're an alcoholic, God wants to be here for you. We are all, like I said, we are all three minutes away. We are non-exempt, non-exempt. I was talking to a, a lady in TJ Maxx, and her, her daughter just got off of drugs. She, she put herself into a drug rehab. You know when the first time she ever touched a drug was? 34 years old. 34 and the psychiatrist told the mother, they said, why? All these years, she fought it. She did it. She, you know, she's not this usual statistic. They said something had to have snapped in her. Something she was hiding. There was something deep down inside of her that did not come forth. And when it did, she turned her life over to a life of drugs. Praise God, she's off of those tonight and in church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's a miracle working God. He's faithful. He is faithful. But I want some of the some of the prayer warriors, if they'll come up. We don't do, we haven't maybe done this in a while. But if some of the prayer warriors will come up and make two lines, like right here, May and Mary Lou and Vonda and just all you prayer warriors, make two lines right here. Come on, don't be shy. God wants to break the chains off of your life tonight. So that when people walk through, some of you stand on the other side. I want you to pray as people walk through that they will get, that the chains will be broken off of their lives. Tonight, I don't even know if we can lift this. I guess we can. I guess we can lift it. How many wants the chains broken off of their lives? Amen. Is there anybody here that needs chains broken? I do. I don't want to go through anxiety anymore. I'm as real as you're going to get. I don't care to say it. Because if I don't say it, how will you ever get healed from it? Is there anybody here tonight? It looks like we're all up here in the line. Maybe there is nobody that needs to walk through. God's a way maker tonight. He's a chain breaker. He needs to break the chains off of your life tonight. Is there anything that you need broken off of your life tonight? If you are, just walk through this line tonight. Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you, we love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.